0: Look at that, indeed. We've made it
2: halfway through the week, which of course means today is hump hump day. day. It's gone by quickly, hasn't it?
1: Well, now that we're at Wednesday, it seems to be. (laughs) Monday and Tuesday, were a little slower.
2: This is a pretty good week for us, uh, quite frankly, because Uh, we've got two shows that uh, yesterday ended at... uh, One show that ended at 3.30 yesterday. We'll again tomorrow at 3.30 as we...
1: You make it sound like we don't want to be here until 6 No, no, no.
2: We want to be home uh, cheering on the Oilers. Yeah, and
1: how about the Oilers last night?
2: Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Just don't even look. It's sort of like finding 20 bucks in your pocket. Just don't question it. Don't ask if anybody lost. Just keep moving.
1: The puppy found 20 bucks in a pocket this morning. Ate it? No, uh, amazingly spit it out. Hmm. But it was quite amusing because uh, I was in the shower, and I can see the puppy wandering around, and he walks by, and he has my brassiere stuck around his head like he's got his his head through the armhole.
2: Oh, that probably made you miss coach, eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days, buddy? All I kept like, thinking was well, that thing's bigger than you are, dog. <laughs> and he's he's walking back and forth with it, walking back and forth and I'm like, oh, like I'm in the shower, I'm not yeah, whatever. And then he goes over and I had a pair of pants like hanging over the side of the tub and he starts sniffing around there and next thing you know walks out with a twenty twenty dollar bill in his mouth, my bra around his neck and a twenty dollar bill in his mouth. Isn't there a punchline in there somewhere, Andrew?
2: Well, I'm trying to connect the <laughs> fact that there was twenty bucks stuffed in your bra.
1: No, twenty bucks in the pocket of my pants. That sure, were on the sure. Tub.
2: I'm sure that's true. Oh, that's uh, You can't yeah. find
1: 20 bucks in the bra. if <laughs> searching for days.
2: <laughs> I uh I had a visitor to to my house oh, today. Oh. and Rick the uh home appraiser.
1: Oh, that's always kind of um awkward. <laughs> Thank you. And, and You're it like, was No, oh, no, no, this and we've done this and we've done this. We sort of and left him alone, this, did you?
2: Yeah, we uh we opened the door. We shook hands, and then I said, "Just do what you have to do." do. What you have to do. Uh, but we had this sort of awkward moment. You know, you know when, uh, say, you lend your car to somebody, mm-hmm. and you go, uh, "Listen, there's going to be a rattling noise, but if that happens, and you know, and as you start explaining it, you
1: know, double pump the brakes. Yeah, you bit. think yeah, to yourself, wind why wind.
2: have I never gotten that fixed? Uh, so in this case, it was, uh, yeah. Listen, just walk wherever you'd like within the house. That's fine. And then Carol says, "Well, we've got." two sleeping children upstairs. She goes, well, not children. They're teenagers. Well, actually they're adults. (laughs) And then we just looked at each other. What have we done with their lives? They're,
1: both and really, adult with the children, home appraiser coming over, why wouldn't they be up and out of the house?
2: Well, because he kind of phoned in the morning and... Ah, uh, said, we're on the way. I'm on my way if you're available. And we said, sure. And it just happened to be that this is a day in which Hunter doesn't have to be at class and Maddie didn't have any clients, so they were both sleeping in. But it does sort of make you question... <laughs> What are we doing <laughs> with two adults upstairs sleeping?
1: Sleeping while well, we're trying to get our house remortgaged yeah, exactly. and the appraiser shows up. Just ignore those two yeah. rooms. Don't rattle those cages.
2: Exactly. And then I went into our bedroom, picked my pants and underwear up off the floor. I'm not sure that would have affected the value of the house. but No,
1: but it's always... Um, isn't just that, the
2: impression you're leaving.
1: Isn't that what it is? It's, you know, you're... you're all of a sudden, you're looking at your place through someone else's yeah. eyes.
2: And you know you know where all the flaws are, yeah. right? Yeah. You go, like,
1: oh, don't, don't look at them. Don't look at
2: them. <laughs> 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 makes, me, makes me think that I should be a better handyman. As we listen to his footsteps upstairs, mm. Carol's like, oh, hope he doesn't open that closet door. I'm like, what, is there a body in there? <laughs> like, why do you hope?
1: Here's a question for you. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure that you'll have the answer to it. Probably not. No, if, it no. has something to do with cleaning an oven. No.
2: Yeah, I mean I listen, I can try.
1: So, there's the whole, you know, cleaning the inside bit of the oven and I get that and it's got the self-cleaner and all of that, mm. but sometimes, you know, when you're taking stuff in and out of the oven, somehow like gravy or fat or something gets in between the two the windows oh, that look yeah. into the oven.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: How do you clean that? Do you have to Oh, um, no, we uh, Do you we've... have to unscrew no, it? No, no, no,
2: no. You you uh, buy, buy a new, new oven. oven. Yeah. yeah. That's about your only option.
1: No, I, I think you can actually unscrew all of that, and mm, but I'm not sure that, that that's a good that's idea
2: to advisable. do. Advisable? No, I don't know how that happens either. It's the same as double paned windows on your house. You wash both sides and go. Seriously, the stains inside uh-huh. the window. And what? How do you do?
1: Yeah, no, this stuff gets somehow right in somehow. Mm. On the top, on the top oven and the bottom oven. Carol actually
2: set off the uh, smoke detector as a result of the oven uh, a couple of nights ago. She was making lasagna, and uh, these new smoke detectors we got—I told you the no, other day—we no, had to replace they're all good? three. They're—they're they're pretty good, but they're not oversensitive, which I like. the The house should really be on fire before, you know. You don't want every time you open the oven door, three smoke detectors go goes on, and then everyone's got to run around and try and reach, and you're just like, a centimeter no, short. Just of, ignore it. No, it's annoying. But uh, she set it off because, uh, speaking of leaving things in the oven, she left the oven mitt in the oven. <laughs> Boy, those things smoke. Like, you wouldn't. They smelly. Leave. Yeah. Because every bit of grease that's ever been on them is now smoking. Just oh, right? leave
1: them in the oven.
2: Uh, I've learned not to ask questions like that. If your wife you would says to you. You need them
1: to take out the lasagna tray.
2: But then you put it back in again.
1: And maybe it slipped off.
2: I don't know. I just find it's better not to question those things. If your wife says to you, "Oh, I actually left the oven mitt in the oven," you go, "Oh, that explains it," <laughs> and then just keep moving.
1: A couple of texts coming in regarding the um, the bra and the twenty dollar mm-hmm. bill. I've had parties like that. That's Mike and Maidstone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't keep your money in the treasure chest. <laughs> and then someone says, "Holy smokes, Jalen Brazier!" Does anyone use that term anymore? I thought the current term is bra. <laughs> I'm like, hey, whatever, Brazier bra.
2: Carol must really love you to put up with that story. What story? Oven mitt in the oven?
1: The, trust me, that's the least of Carol's oh, worries when it comes to stories. Yeah, really? What are you talking about? Are you about? a new listener? <laughs> Jeez. Well, welcome to the <laughs> show. Thanks. Welcome to the show. I'm Jay Lynn. That's Andrew.
2: <laughs> and I have no secrets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, just a, a few things uh, moving <laughs> moving forward. We have a couple of really interesting stories we want to get to today and get mm. your opinions on them. And as always, you can get a hold of us at 630, 630. Phone number is four nine six zero zero six three. We do have one more pair of PBR tickets to uh, give away. And still trying to um, line up a bull rider for Thursday. Mm, mm-hmm. They're hard to line up. Well, you know, it's just rounding them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, someone down at the Oilers Entertainment Group is in charge of that. Okay. So now we're just trying to uh, to, to figure that out. Sure. All right. Uh, the Oilers do play tomorrow night in St. Louis. No. No. Uh, Sorry, wrong date. Oh, look, I just put that all up there. Mm -hmm. Washington. No.
2: No, still not right. You take your time.
1: Oh, I didn't even put it up there. I didn't Uh, even put Thursday's game up there. I started at Saturday.
2: uh, I think it's the New Jersey Devils Uh, and then the Rangers, but it could be the other way around. It is
1: the Rangers on Saturday. The
2: Rangers on Saturday. So Thursday would be the Devils. I just
1: spent a half an hour putting all this stuff up on the board. Uh, What are you going to do? But anyway, so they're playing uh, Thursday.
2: You'll recall that uh, we just beat the Devils. Mm -hmm. with Taylor Hall in town, Mm -hmm. and now we're playing them in their rink, so Mm. interesting. And we've had a hard time stringing together two wins in a row, so that would be a great time to start.
1: And Vegas is in town next Tuesday.
2: Yeah. Now, does Vegas do overtime or shootouts, or do they just double or nothing?
1: They <laughs> just put it all in, spin yeah. the wheel What once, do you say, guys? Let's just roll. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. We'll take one shot. Yeah. Just one shot. That's it. <laughs> and that one's all done. Uh, your Edmonton Eskimos. Don't forget the West semifinal in Winnipeg Sunday. Uh, we'll be airing on our sister station, uh, Kissin' Country 103.9. Countdown to kickoff at 1.30. Kickoff at 2.30.
2: You see the mayor of Winnipeg's up to, uh,
1: yeah, what did he bet the Mayor
2: Iveson? Oh, I don't know about that. He's up to the uh, the Eskimos should change their name. Uh, thing oh, is again. he up to that? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah.
1: What's, uh, what's the Winnipeg's team name?
2: The Blue Bombers. Oh,
1: that's right.
2: Yeah. Mm, I thought that too. I, I just can
1: not even remember what it was. Sure, it no, no, I thought that, m- that I memorable. thought that
2: you know when the mayor stepped up in Winnipeg and said, well, and said "I've said several times the Eskimos should be a uh, you know should change the name to something, you know all inclusive." And my first thought was, "Your your team's called the Bombers, maybe."
1: Oh, I think it might have something to do with the Air Force.
2: Well, ours has something to do with something too. Just you know what, Mayor Winnipeg, there's other problems in your city. Why don't you focus on that, (laughs) like making it a real destination instead of a joke, a punchline in a commercial.
1: But it is. Did you see this? (laughs) This is this is hilarious. So, um, a couple of years ago, this mom and dad told their their little boys that hey. At first, that they were going to Winnipeg. And going kids, to Winnipeg. The kids were really excited about going to Winnipeg because apparently they have some cousins yeah. who live there. These uh, This family is in Calgary. They love their cousins, and they were really, really, really excited to go to Winnipeg. Sure. And then, as parents often do... Surprise. They dash the hopes, the hopes and the dreams of their children. Listen to this. Okay, hey, guys, we're not going to Winnipeg. What? Look at your shirt. Who's on your shirt? Look at your shirts and see who's on them. Mickey Mouse. We're going to go see Mickey Mouse. We're
0: going to Disney World.
1: No. <laughs> you said we're going to a bit. You're such a liar. <laughs> I'm going to I'm not going to the (laughs) place. I'm going to my room. You're such a liar. Oh,
2: my goodness. So
1: uh, I guess the families were visiting not too long ago. Someone suggested, hey, you know, you should pull out that video again uh, for a good laugh. So uh, they did, and they sent it to Tourism Winnipeg. And now Tourism Winnipeg is using it in their ad campaign and I'm
2: sure when they filmed it they thought that what they'd end up doing is sending it to Disneyland or Disney World because of course the kids were going to be just so excited mm-hmm. that that's where they were actually going but no it turns out at least two children want to go to Winnipeg so good on
1: them apparently they did end up going to Disney and of they course. had they had a blast yeah. and they loved it and and all of that but yeah what that that, that was a little little pistol of a young man there you're that's, a liar that's a word that's a, that's a big word to use on a parent, don't that's, you think?
2: Yeah, I think. I don't think anybody's going anywhere if I get accused of being a liar by my child. We might <laughs> be going all, out to the shack. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you heard me. You don't accuse me of being a liar.
1: There's. Uh, I bet you every kid, has befo- screamed? before thinking about it, because of course you often don't, has, has said something along those lines to their parents. Hmm. I don't think so. No, I'm not trying to think. I was too afraid. No. I was too afraid to say I anything. I think they probably know better no. than that. I think I called my uh, my mother um, the word close to witch one day. and oh, uh, Stitch. Yeah. 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 She was she, busy on the sewing machine. She was a sewer, machine. was she? Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was, uh, yeah, that didn't end well. In any way?
2: Sure. In an adult situation, no, even then, I still expect my children and have always uh, to treat me with respect, and accusing me of being a liar just doesn't fit into that definition. And even today, I mentioned it to you the other day, my kids still are corrected if they swear in front of me. I understand that they swear, adults tend to, but if they swear in front of me, I. Still corrected, and they're all yeah, adults.
1: Yeah, you don't like that. You, you, yeah. We're at the point now with with the boys, the 23 and 27. If they do, yeah, it, it's okay. But I remember the first time the youngest one did it, and mm. he was probably like 18 years old, 18, 19 years old, and he said something, and, and his father and I just looked at each other. Uh, and and kind of kept mm-hmm. on going. But it was one of those, threw it out there to see what the reaction that is, was going that to be like. That is what it is. Yeah. They test the waters, yeah. right?
2: See, th- accusing your parent of being a liar is not testing the waters. That's an emotional reaction. They need to check themselves. Mm-hmm. They need to back that one right up again. But yeah, for sure, kids will, at all ages, they'll throw out a word or two just to see what the reaction is. And it's actually worse among small children. If you've ever had...
1: The reaction is soap. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. I I, I have had an experience, not with one of my children because they were raised better, but with uh, somebody else's who's I was told when I went to supper at their house, and they were like five, that they loved to drop the F-bomb mm-hmm. at dinner just to see the reaction. And sure enough, she did. Like, she dropped it a couple of times, and everyone was told not to not acknowledge to react, it. Just move yeah, along. Because somebody somewhere wrote a book about it, and that yeah. was the... But I uh, couldn't contain myself on the third one. I just like, hey, that word is not coming out of your mouth again today or any day.
1: Yeah, see, that's not your job to do at someone else's house, though. Yeah, you know... Sorry. I, yeah, well,
2: I did it, and yeah. then... She stopped, so yeah. I don't know if she went back to it after I was gone. Yeah, but.
1: as 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 the parent, I probably would have said something to you back. Yeah, maybe. Mhm. Uh, and I get yeah. why. You, and I get yeah. why you did it, but that's yeah. I had uh, you know I had people in my lives who, um, as their their kids, called them by their first name. Oh, I've seen that too. Like five, six years old, instead of mom or dad, it was Jody and Ray. And I was like, What?
2: We always referred to our parents when I was growing up as the establishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Where's the establishment? They've gone to bed.
1: We are hiding from the establishment yeah. right now. So anyway, uh, Winnipeg is using this um, this this little YouTube video from a couple years back as a, as a marketing campaign. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, the world's the list of the world's best cities has been released. Do you think mm. Winnipeg's on that list? <laughs> not sure. But you know what? Edmonton did make it on that list. We'll we'll check it out uh, right after this. As mentioned, um, the list of the world's best cities has been released. It's been put out by um, Resonance Consultancy, the uh, website bestcities.org. You can check it out. In number one, London, followed by New York, Paris, Moscow, Tokyo, Singapore, Dubai, Barcelona, San Francisco, and Chicago. That's the top ten. It makes As, sense. Yeah. Well, you know the you know a lot of the 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 big one's right there, obviously. Uh, Canadian-wise, in 13th spot is Toronto. In 29th, Vancouver. 34th goes to Calgary. 51, Ottawa. And Edmonton landed in 60th spot. 60th? 60th spot. Which worldwide. Worldwide, which... Um, mm. And New Orleans followed it in 61. I was like... Mm-hmm. That's <laughs>
2: weird. So there must have been various criteria.
1: Yeah, so they, they broke it down in six categories. And then there was a kind of categories within the category. So six categories, the place, people, product, programs, promotion, and prosperity. Mm. And then um, in there, there was neighborhoods, culture, economy, universities, diversity, museum shopping, entertainment, restaurants, the outdoors, nightlife, and... Why I can't read my writing. Urban renewal. So, you know, so those yeah. are the kind of how it all bro- broke down. But interesting when you read the. And, and Bangkok was right right ahead of Edmonton. Bangkok like Edmonton. and
2: then Edmonton.
1: Bangkok, Edmonton. And then New, New Orleans. Orleans. Right? Wow. So, you know, they talk about it uh, as the uh, blue collar service hub of Canada's energy industry. Edmonton is the city closest to the infamous, famous, depending on who you talk to, and they call them tar sands, not oil sands in northern Alberta. Um, The city has profited mightily off of petroleum. Um, But then it goes on talking about... Uh, the University of Alberta, the healthy immigration, uh, government dollars that come with being a provincial capital, the city of festivals. Of mm. course, all of our our mm-hmm. festivals during the year and that put us quite uh, high up there. The Never recent see. the recent downtown revival, exactly. as yeah. we know, uh, urban renewal. What's you know what's happened with Rogers Place, uh, the Oilers. Uh, the Ice District, and then they mention a couple of the the really great places down there as well. You know, Jackie Jasick, Chocolate Couture, uh, Ross D'Zotto, great Mexican place down there, um, the Royal Al- Alberta Museum, and then they talk about um, the JW Marriott uh, kind of next door by Rogers Place, which is going up. Yeah. It's supposed to be one of the most luxurious and high-end uh, hotels uh, of, its, of its brand to open next year. So 60th out of 100. I'm not sure 20 years ago we would have seen that.
2: Probably not. No. Thing with these lists, though, I always wonder.
1: University so White Avenue.
2: Does it have an impact at all? Does it benefit us in some way to well, be on the list?
1: I I wonder if it does. If it. Or if maybe it's just are, a
2: report card.
1: It's it's a re, yeah maybe a report card. But depending on who's using this this um, consultant thing, if mm-hmm. they're using it, does. Travel, if you're looking where to go, okay, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, oh, what about Edmonton? Mid- Maybe a concert go tour
2: stop, something like that might put us on the radar a little bit. Yeah, I so think we're already on that radar. Oh,
1: we're hugely on the, yeah. on, the, on the stop list for the concerts, but yeah, I'm not sure what it means to mm-hmm. the city, you know, kind of impact it would have, but... It's a nice little talker when you think about it.
2: Sure. The Oilers, by the way, referred to as um, a rebuilt young National Hockey League uh, team captained by one of the best players in the world. Uh, So, yeah, good thing they did the survey last season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of the other cities, you know, that follow us, um, Bristol, Charlotte, uh, Philadelphia, Budapest, Manchester, Copenhagen, Florence, Italy, Venice, Warsaw, Luxembourg, Auckland, New Zealand, Athens. Do you know Nashville, one of the things
2: in these studies or surveys that or Glasgow, examinations yeah. that often make us very unique, which is something we just take for granted, is the amount of population given the geographical location of the city. They often talk about how many people are north, living this mm-hmm. far north, and we just sort of take it for granted and people in Fort McMurray laugh at us. When we consider ourselves
0: to be a northern city. <laughs> you want
1: to see north? Come on up here.
0: Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station.
1: Hey, it's uh, two thirty-five on this, the Wednesday edition of the six thirty Chet afternoon news. Came across a story today and it clicked on the video, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> it's quite something." Whoa, something, something else. <laughs> um, and if your kids are in hockey or uh, probably any organized sports, I know over the past few years, well, certainly a few years ago, there was a lot of talk about parents, you know, losing it at the arena, or coaches going overboard. But it, it seems, and I don't know if it's if it's changed that much, but there was different programs put in place, like Respect in Sport and Sport, all that sort of stuff that you had to take before you could coach, or you, yeah. before your kids could be in there, and That's all that right. sort Certification, of stuff. So yeah. I wonder if that helped with reducing some of this gong show that we were seeing at the rink or on the football field. And then you see this story out of Littleton, Colorado. Yeah, it's interesting. It's
2: a coach with a Bantam A uh, hockey team. And, uh, by the way, just looked up to see what the age uh, age is. So, official USA hockey age guidelines say, uh, might are ages 8 and under, squirt are ages 9 and 10, peewee ages 11 and 12, Bantam ages 13 and 14, Mm. the midget uh, 15 to 18. So, this was a Bantam coach. His players are 13 or 14 years old, and he did what many coaches have done over the years. And I coached football back in the day, uh, tried to give that motivational coaches' <laughs> speech in the locker room to get them fired up oh for my. the game. And we had to clean it up a lot, but uh, take a listen.
0: Are you Like they ain't been they in their life! You know what I'm gonna do out there? I'm gonna watch the warm up, it's gonna be a good warm up, a lot of jam, and then you're gonna beat up Green Nun! God damn I have no idea where I'm heading with this. But I wanna see you beat up Green Nun! Green Nun! their coaches! their wives!
1: so eventually the the kids you know they were giggling kind of nervously through Mm -hmm. kind of chuckling and i'm guessing you know 13 14 year olds would do It's like what's going on and you're hearing this language and what this coach is saying and finally they said coach coach they can they can hear you
0: yeah yeah he's like
1: i don't care but it was like you know, they're you know, bleep, their are mm, bleep. that it was... <laughs> Here's well,
2: the, uh, yeah. he,
1: you know, they take this very seriously.
2: Yes, they do. Well, they booted the coach, right? Yes. Uh, because, again, as is often the case with these sort of incidents, uh, somebody films it and uh, puts it up on social media, and then uh, it's brought to the attention of uh, whomever. Here's the thing, though. You talked about certification of coaches, and oftentimes that has solved a lot of problems especially when it comes to conduct and um, diagnosis of injury and just a whole lot of things best practices mm-hmm. but most and i don't know that this is the case in this particular league but most leagues regardless of the sport are also hurting for coaches so there is a requirement that a coach be a certain certification i know in football here it's uh, level three uh, to coach up to i think university and then maybe level four for university i can't recall and you can't be on the bench with unless you have a level one which is pretty easy to achieve but we've all been there when a coach has done one of these or if you've coached you've done one of these but never have i seen it go to this extent and while i'm not a you know i'm just not a i'm not easily offended and i'm not offended by this but it's wrong and it's wrong because F there's their your parents, coaches,
1: F their wives. I know, I know. Their friends, like that's just
2: what. If there's wives involved in this, that somebody needs to check IDs because they're know, supposed to be thirteen just. and fourteen year olds. It's it. Yeah, obviously, it's totally inappropriate. And
1: you know, I I get going off the deep end. Trust me, I get going off the deep end. But
2: in my mind, there's a. I, I really encourage all. Parents to get their children in sport of some kind, Mm -hmm. and I believe that there's three points of uh, influence that will positively influence a child. And one is parents, Mm -hmm. obviously. The other is teachers, Mm -hmm. and the third is coaches. Absolutely. And that they set a standard for the kids about (laughs) conduct, and they set an example. They. And this is a bad example. So, again, I'm not, oh, my God, I can't believe the language. I mean, I can't okay. believe the language. I'm not yeah. offended by the language, I've, but I'm, he's, it's inappropriate, and he shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, should he be coaching? Probably not. I mean, whatever that was, that was crazy.
1: <laughs> Brad just texted me and he says, You missed a word. I'm like, What? No, he's just just, just, just joking. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well, there he, was one borderline in there. We let that yeah,
1: slide. Yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you should be coaching 13 year olds. I don't think. Uh, and I, the, the league made the right decision. But boy, oh, boy. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, the scratching and tearing a hunk out.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly. Tearing the hunk out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sort of glad. That this kind of technology wasn't around when I coached and certainly I never gave a speech like that Um, but I I mean I can remember giving speeches that I probably wouldn't want on the internet certainly nothing (laughs) along these lines Mm. and sometimes you lie to your team having just said you set yourself up as an example That sometimes you lie sometimes you say things like I went by their dressing room and they were saying this it's absolutely not true, but I certainly wouldn't blur well, out. you you
1: you provide motivation yeah. in different ways. Yeah, I but yeah,
2: that was just, that was, just, that, was just, ridiculous. just that, that was the
1: meltdown of the day that was uh you know the segment people behaving badly that was the people behaving badly segment for uh yeah. for Wednesday November whatever day it is
2: so what do you think uh, don't have to get into a big conversation about this but what do you think should happen to him should he be allowed to coach no, again no should... i think
1: I, I think he needs to take maybe just some time off I, yeah he's been punted out and i'm and i'm sure he's reevaluated what he has said sure. and he probably said, well, in the moment, I didn't know, you know, yeah. that sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't know the guy. Maybe the guy was like that all the time. Maybe.
2: It's always tough when you're dealing with them because typically these are volunteers, right? So it's always tough. I was
1: so saying it is tough because yeah. you always want to find, you want to find, uh, you, know, you know, men and women who are going to um, volunteer their mm-hmm. time to do this sort of stuff. But I, I, I don't necessarily want my kids' coaches to, you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I hadn't, to be honest with you, I hadn't even thought about it that way. If my kid were on the team and that this was their coach, yeah, actually, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I, I, I was thinking about it more as a former coach and just thinking, okay, so we crossed the line, obviously, and no, he shouldn't. But if it was my kid that was on that team, yeah, I. I my 13-year-old kid? Yeah, I would have actually a fairly yeah, major and Yeah, and I,
1: and I think that probably plays into it a, a lot more as the age group as well. If these were like 17-year-olds or 18, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure it, would bother me as much as it does as a 13 year old. I still don't think it's necessarily appropriate way to motivate your team in any, in any way whatsoever. Um, and I think sooner or later, um, you've got to find some class with the way that you're going to motivate. I, yeah. I, I don't think that, you know, coach, um, coach McCle- McClellan. Yeah. McClellan.
2: Yeah, sure. Todd McClellan, yeah, yeah.
1: I always want to say it, it differently. Is it, getting in there and and but he, you know, maybe he, he might be, but I'm guessing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you work them to like do what? And you
1: know, you work them like a puppet. Okay, I can see that. That's actually a good line. That's not bad. It's just when you add the few. He other just got ones on a there. roll.
2: He got a bit of a reaction and he got himself on a roll. And the the best sentence in there among that entire rant is when he goes, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, none of us do, coach. And I think
1: actually the next best one was they can hear you, coach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Where were the other um, coaches and adults in the room? It's crazy that uh, this carried on for so long, says someone. Um, This one says, my opinion on the coaching matter is pretty simple. If he's having a meltdown like that on 13-year-olds, why would he want to coach? Or Never mind, should he be? Hmm. Uh, did they win the game? Says Jay.
2: Yeah, I'd love to know the answer to that too.
1: Uh, this guy wasn't a coach for the sake of the kids. The guy's a coach for the sake of stroking his own ego.
2: I have, s- I don't know that to be the case with this coach, but I've certainly Absolutely. seen that. Certainly seen that. Some coaches, uh, you know, obviously, like I say, most leagues, most sports are hurting for coaches, so you get a variety of talent and mm-hmm. commitment and, uh, you know, responsibility. But yeah that's not a bad statement. That does sound like a guy who uh-huh. wishes he was coaching men in the NHL. And and because, you know, if you blurt out a statement about wives, do this to their wives. Yeah. Which, and you're talking to 13 yeah. year olds.
1: Well, <laughs> at any age at that point. right? Yeah.
2: Well, I know. Exa- well, it's inappropriate at in any age, obviously. But when you're yelling it to 13-year-olds, mm-hmm. I think in your mind, you're coaching the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup final. I don't know why I picked on the New York Islanders, the, but. the
1: one kid that you can see in the video, he's kind of... You know, the, well, the one kid, he's kind, of, he's kind of the big-eyed and he's chuckling because he's doesn't know what his reaction should be to yeah. coach having the meltdown. And then he turns to one of the other, I think it was the goalie, and like grabs him by the shoulders like, and do this to their wives, and do mm-hmm. this to the... Mirror. And I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway... Do you know, can I just say this before
2: you take the break? I do want to say this, though. I really applaud everyone who volunteers to coach at any level of mm. sport and any sport. And, yeah, obviously there's going to be situations or uh, particular coaches that aren't as good as others. But I've seen, in the time that my kids have played an organized sport, some absolutely outstanding mm-hmm. coaching and some... Mm-hmm. Mediocre coaching. Yeah, I've seen both really poor on both coaching. sides, yeah. right? When Hunter played basketball, there was a kid on the other team that was their star, could... Could hit yeah. the the basket from anywhere, and um he got called a foul uh, he he got called on a foul, and he said um a bad word, and the coach benched him for the rest of the game, and they lost, yeah, well, and we won well, guess what yeah, I went and I shook his hand like Absolutely. I went that's some yeah. uh, that's if some there, really solid no, coaching
1: if there's no consequence for your actions right. showing to the rest of the team that they can do this and get away with it, or that that player is
2: exempt from the rules exactly because he's skilled exactly
1: yeah. um, this one just came in I think it's from Shauna Lloyd Minster I sat quietly through a tirade like that on our kids team followed the coach down the hall and asked him if he was having if he was always like this or if he was having a bad day he melted into a puddle hmm.
2: uh, hey we're gonna have to uh... Take a break uh, in just a few minutes here. So thought maybe I'd just bring this up, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, a couple of things coming out of uh, the Edmonton uh, Council Executive Committee meeting yesterday that I thought were of interest. You know, Jim uh, recall the mayor saying maybe there's a better way.
1: He asked if there was a better way to do road construction. Right.
2: And one of the ideas was uh, to shut an entire street down Mm -hmm. and then the equipment has more freedom to move around. Get her done quicker. Yeah, get the job done quicker. And uh, and typically, so that's going to save the uh, city some time and some money. But then the other consideration is what it does to the businesses that are on that street or the residents or, um, you know, which is better. And there's some argument as to whether or not you know, it makes sense if it's a job that can be done overnight. So you close the whole street, get it done by Monday, or by Monday by morning. Um, so there's a lot of considerations go into it, uh, so they're still kind of debating it. But it looks as though they're leaning towards closing a street entirely is not a good idea. Yep. But what I thought was really interesting about this, um, you know, and we're quick. I, I I'm quick to criticize uh, city council or a particular councilor, but I want to praise one this time instead. A uh, councilor, Bev Eslinger. So. During these meetings, you know you ask questions as a counselor the uh, you know the city manager or deputy city city manager in this case answers the questions for you and that's what counselors are supposed to do get more information um, but she was talking to the uh, deputy city city manager and she said, "You don't want to do a nighttime closure near residences, but have you ever asked them? You might get a different answer than what you're thinking and I applaud Bev Eslinger for putting it that way because how many times does the city determine what they think is best for us or what they think we're thinking or feeling or what we want without actually asking and if you're talking about a specific street like a block of a city why wouldn't you take a moment and ask the residents on that street which would you prefer like we can close half your street for Three days, or we can close it overnight for one day. Which you know, and maybe they do get an answer, and and they, and it works out well.
1: And I'm going to go back to what happened this summer out at our place. Uh, They just arbitrarily said we're going to shut down 199th Street while the developer tears up this brand new hunk of road. Yeah. Um, eight hundred meters of it or about a thousand meters of it and instead we're going to send you almost on a ten minute detour and you can be you you saw the community get up in arms saying well first off we don't have fire hydrants out there if there's a fire it's an extra ten minutes if someone has a heart attack the extra time getting out there to get an ambulance and so there was compromise they did put in a detour road a little Mm -hmm. detour road which they talked about in this saying sometimes it's not the best but in our case in that end of the neighborhood it was because it's going across a field, but had they asked beforehand, it would have saved them so much pain from mm-hmm. dealing with a bunch of angry people. Exactly. Um, and just say, hey, you know, what do you think? This is this is what's going on. What would be the best way? Let's get right. some input on it. Take it a couple of a month prior before the project starts to start or two months beforehand. Ask, find out. Think how
2: earth shattering that idea oh. is, right? We don't know what the residents want. Well, what can we do about it? Well, we could ask. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, instead Brilliant. Of,
1: we're just going to shut down the whole place. <laughs> and wait for
2: the backlash. Yeah. yeah. And
1: again, it goes back to when we said it yesterday, counselor, former Councillor Ashri, talking about communication. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's never good enough, by the way, Jay, to say, listen, all that information's on the city website. No. We're not going to the city website every night to check or to see if our 3-1-1. street. Yeah, we're <laughs> not We're not there every night going, I wonder if my street's getting, uh, re- you know, renewed to the, you know, no. Let us know what you're doing and we'll tell you what, you th- what we think.
0: The 630Chad Afternoon News with Jay Lynn Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630Chad.